I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring us insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this episode, we head to Westport County Mayo where we're joined by Tom Gill and Chocolate's advisor John Noonan to tell us more about Oris Hill Farms. Centered around Westport, it was initially set up with a focus on breeding sales, which expanded to encompass a producer group that now has more than 400 members. Tom, who's a member of the group and one of the coordinators, discusses how it has delivered for its own system and that of other members. The group works closely with Kildare Chillen, where they send more than 30,000 lambs annually. With all the stock produced locally and with transport leaving Westport three times a week at the moment, we discuss the type of lamb being sent and Tom explains how the group coordinates this effort on a weekly basis, acknowledging efforts of the committee and staff involved within the group. The breeding sales are still very much a part of the group and John and Tom explain a bit more about this to us. John discusses how the group has worked closely with the various stakeholders to develop a dedicated website and the Olus Hill Farms brand that they hope to see in shelves of our European markets where customers can find out more about the story of how the lamb was produced and the story of the group itself and their members. We start off over with John explaining what Olus Hill Farms is all about. Look here now, um, Olus Hill lamb is, 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 is lamb that we produce um, from a producer group here in the west of Ireland, who have we have four hundred members. We we got set up in two thousand and four, and we've developed since that, and we've grown since that. And we're, we we decided two years ago to set up a website called Olas Hill Farms, and Olas Hill Lamb is the product of that. It's the lamb from the west of Ireland from our four hundred members. Like there's a long tradition, John, in this area. Groups and breeding groups, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Even in produce groups, I suppose what sets you slightly apart is you're really branding the product you're producing in this area. Yeah, so as you say, there's a lot of producer groups around and they're doing great work. And we have been, we, we've been working with uh, one of the abattoirs, Kildare Chillen, since 2012. And we got to a stage a year and a half ago that we said, right, we want to take it to the next level. So we wanted to brand our lamb. And we got in contact with Borbia, who are interested in that idea because... They saw that we had developed a relationship with a factory and that we were working well with them. And it was a sort of a cooperation between the, the group and the factory. And they said, right, we're interested in helping you brand this lab. Look, in terms of the setup of that group, just maybe take us back. Where did this come about? Like, I suppose we go back right back. It's 2012. Did you kick off with this? Yeah. So the group kicked off in 2004 and it was... A number of farmers, including John Jace, who's our chairman, and Tom Stanton, another prominent farmer from Tom McKady, um, we got together and we realised that there was nowhere in the west of Ireland to buy good quality blackface breeding stock. So we ta- we approached Arivo and we said, we'd like to have a sale in Ballinrobe. And they said, yeah, they're interested. So the first year we had 800 at the sale and it, prov- it proved to be a success in that we got a lot of breeding stock together, quality stuff that farmers wanted and that we found that they were willing to pay a premium price for. So our prices would vary between 10 and 20% ahead of the general market because people see that this quality is coming from real good producers and year in, year out, people are coming back to us and buying quality stock. So they've no problem paying for it. So I suppose for every old lamb, you're going to have a weather lamb. And over the next number of years, we worked with different factories trying to develop the, the ram lamb side of things and trying to develop it. And we kind of kept evolving until we started working with Kildare Chillen from 2012. Pat Chambers at a sheep event in Agus, a Chagas sheep event in Atenray, got a meeting together with the group and, and Kildare Chillen, Seamus Fanukan, 
and we started from there with lighter carcasses first that, 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 and then we've worked up to this selling 30,000 lambs last year. And like just put that in context, Tom, you're one of the farmers involved in the group, you're also a coordinator with the group. That type of carcass you were producing in 2012, the market for that lamb that was coming off the hills, it was generally a store market. There was no real outlet for that later carcass. No, it time. wasn't. And you really had to depend on the storeman and the trade. And we say come back, only two years ago, the store market collapsed a bit and a lot of men then decided to finish their lamb as well. And that uh, kind of gave them, that really gave them a, a feel for producing a good lamb, even a light lamb. But before that, there was no place for it to go with that. You had to rely on the light lamb for that, or the storeman for that light lamb. But if your lamb comes off the hill and he's handling well and he can kill it 14 kilos up, uh, I think it's most men are happy to let them go with that rather than weaning them, waiting for a store man or trying to finish them themselves. If they can go then to, to get into that light lamb bracket, uh, which nobody really wanted for a long time, but now there was a then they hit a market and there still is. I might just come in on that as well, Tom. I think the, the whole essence of a producer group is that you're giving farmers more power for a start, you're giving them a kind of uh, a way of marketing their lambs that they don't have normally in a lot of cases and you're giving them more strength and ultimately you're leaving more money in their pocket so that's the idea of it and suppose just to put that in context john like your 400 members some of them are going for very pure hill type farms to so some with a bit of mix it's not just 14 kilo lambs you're producing there is a range within that oh no we're up to full spec we're, we're 14 to 21 kilos at the minute Whatever the pay, like, and there are men there even that have lambs maybe that's going to kill a little bit more even than the 21 kilos but uh, there, so it will say in the past couple of years especially and there's great pride in the stock that's been turned out now it, nobody wants to be seen home with a poor lamb or a lamb that's not in spec so I know there's a lot of lambs I saw them only yesterday morning and the day before uh, very good lambs going on there and you know well they're going to those men are going to be happy. And when you get, sort of, Pat especially, Pat gets the kill cheese, he gets the text or the, from the factory and he can see what's happening. But a lot of men have their stock up to spec. You know, they're killing 20, 21 kilos. Like if you look at the profile of the farmers that's in the group, that 400, there could be, there's a lot of them, you know, they're producing a lot of lowland lamb. And now there'll be a bit of blackface blood in a lot of the yards. It'll be their half blackface or quarter blackface or whatever, or an eighth blackface. But definitely... There's a huge number of, you know, continental type lambs going through the group. So yeah. even though we call it Mayo Blackface and we're branding it as Olas Hill Farms, um, a lot of the lamb is has is a lot of lowland lamb. Tom, we just ask you this one. Like you're putting lambs into this group. What difference has it made for you? Oh, well, it's a great it's a great difference for me because I'm quite near the lorry anyhow. That's just the first starter. But even for men who aren't, uh, I could be at the lorry and We'd say for once I sit in the jeep with my lambs loaded, I'm there in 15 minutes, less. But um, no abattoir near us at the moment. Uh, is the nearest major producer, or we'll say major processor. Uh, it's the guts of an hour for most of us and more. Because this is kind of, we're kind of con confined to the West Mayo area. Not to totally, but there is a South yeah. Mayo lamb producer group as well. And they're they actually I think could be dealing with belly harness at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But uh our lamb are kind of from here, right up into North Mayo, out into parts of Connemara. 
Og så gik han, men kom han ind, vognmanden fra Balikanili, kom ind, han lagde fra den vinter, but the lads that fell out into recess and places like that. So, uh, they have a long way to go, but they can come to Lorry, especially the local man here, he has his lamb left off and he's gone home again and said maybe an hour, an hour and a half. There's a big time saver. A big time saver, and I suppose time is money. Every man sets a bit of value on his time these times. Uh, so, that's... Basically, yes, really. And, and the nature of the farms around here, yeah. they're all part-time. Yeah. Everyone has to have enough farm income to keep going around here. So, you know, the the fact that the lorry goes maybe this time of the year three times a week and it goes yeah. maybe at six o'clock in the morning, maybe at lunchtime to facilitate people that have jobs and that are working. It's a huge saving and it's a massive, massive kind of a service. And I suppose only for, there's a team effort involved in this and that's, you know, Tom here is plays a huge part as being a coordinator. Pat Chambers was mentioned already. Um, Michal Conway and the two ladies in the office Breach Biggins and Josephine Kelly only for that along with the transport the whole thing could fall apart so we also have to mention Tom mentioned about the pride in the in the stock we have a great bunch of farmers involved who are producing top quality stock clean as a whistle great cover on them you know the factory is shocking shocking happy with what they're getting I just want to come to that because Tom you have a due rule in this you're a coordinator you're a coordinator of the group as well John alluded like 400 members, there's three loads a week going at the moment. How do you pull all that together? Monday's booking day, from half past nine until one o'clock. So you phone the office and Josephine takes, Josephine takes your, your number. So well, they have two or 52. That's what you, you book. So when the first load is full, then you decide there's need for a second load. So you book for the second load. So first load usually goes on Tuesday at three o'clock. So the first 500 on the lorry are away then. Mm. Then you wait for the next one to be filled, which will go the following morning at 6. And then with another one yesterday morning, we'll say at 6 as well. So that's basically how it goes. Uh, when, when we'll say when, when we know what we have, Josephine uh, emails me the numbers. And I mean, no, I mean, as you get on, you're told where you're, where you're fixed. Because if you ring and the lorry's full, you say, well, you won't be getting on, today. You won't be getting on out this afternoon, but we will have a lorry, a lorry in the morning if that's going to suit you. So that, and as Josephine, the numbers are totting up as she's going down, so she knows that the lorry's full, or well, she, knows, she knows the capacity, so you have to cut, and then you start a new load. So that's basically how it goes. I was chatting about this before, but like you're there at the loading of that lorry, so ensuring the quality is good, paperwork, everything is correct as they go on each week. Yeah, paperwork, has, paperwork is a serious issue at the moment now, in the fact is. Uh, not so much for the factories themselves, but the veterinary end of it, I suppose, from the Department of Agriculture. Uh, all, every, you tick, everything needs to be done. You, your numbers. Uh, we have another thing as well, that <clears throat> there's so many lamps to be sorted each uh, member has has a producer number so for instance we say mine is 169 green so you spray your number on your lambs back so you have 20 lambs there so when they go into the layerage if my lamb will say jumps into John's group at least they know that lamb goes back out there again so you have to have things like that fairly good the paperwork has to be spot on now you, you make sure you make sure everything but yeah so yeah. when you as the boys load, you you kind of we have a system going. Where you load, there are so many. We'll say, for instance, this lorry it takes twenty two for the front box, eighteen for the next, thirty, thirty, and thirty, and then you start the next floor. And 
That's how you stack your paperwork. Like there is a big team effort, even on that day itself, just getting that aspect of right. But there's a big team effort, even in the back office, booking them lambs, mm-hmm. making sure transport and all is available. It doesn't just happen. No, it, um, the big players really would be, we'll say for us, uh, I suppose Pat really, Pat gets the price and he does the tussler with uh, the, job, the job that has to be done. Yeah, and uh, Josephine does the bookings. And without them two, that's a big load, really. Look, and I suppose the other in the quality, the fact that you're going every week and the fact that it's a short journey, it's helping men draft lambs more regularly. It does. And you're avoiding the carryover or sending that big batch of lambs. Yeah, there's no such thing as free meat. Well, there is, but, but not as much. We'll say, uh, instead of a man coming in with 50, and some of them are going to kill maybe 15, 16 kilos, and some of them are going to kill 24 kilos, uh, you can come today with your lambs. And if you think, we'll say when you weigh in, if you turn back a lamb because he's not just up to weight, well, you know that he's going to be heavy enough at, in two weeks' time anyway, or even in a week if he's doing good enough. So you haven't failed to come. So it's, sometimes you still have big numbers, but sometimes you have men coming with six and eight because they don't want them to go overweight. So that's grand. They'll have more the next week. But they're just, they're, they're, they're cutting on to it that, they're not given the fact that three means. You can accommodate that in the group, whereas if you're going yourself, it's more difficult. Absolutely. And I might come in on that. Like, we do a lot of work, as you know, Kieran, you know well, Kieran, on Chagas research on getting lambs growing <coughs> and getting them to finish, etc., etc. But, like, often at the inside, this is almost like the cherry on the cake that you're, once you get them ready, the marketing of them as well is getting is getting the maximum return for the farmer. So it's 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 kind of great for us as well for Chagas and for research and that because it means that these clients and these farmers, all these members, are getting a better return because of this group as well. I just want to bring you back maybe to where we started. Like the foundation, of this was around breeding groups, and it's still a very important element of it in this part of the country with quality breeding stock. That still is a big role in the group, John. That is a massive role. In fact, our annual sale is on the last Saturday in September annually. And again, we'd have, we pride ourselves in the quality of the stock coming to it. So again, as, as Tom was saying, there's a, it's a team effort again to get that sale off the ground. So it's producers that are bringing your lambs. We have a thousand of them coming through, a thousand hoggets and about 358 joes. And they're all breeding stock. A lot of the old lambs, in fact, are bought to be resold as hoggets the following year. And there's a big interest in that dry hoggett market and that, that system in the, around this part of the country. And um, the quality is second to none. Now, that, the, the, all the breeders coming with stock, they have to book in their stock. They have to be, you know, they have to be what they say they are. They have to be fit for breeding if they are for breeding. And, you know, that a lot of people come every year to buy your lambs or hoggets off the same farmer that, that would have produced the stock annually. Look, maybe just in terms of the future development, like were you started with that, the brand of that product, you're hoping that that will eventually translate right down to the shelf. Where do you see that going, John? Yeah, so we launched the website about a month, six weeks ago, and where we see that going is hopefully in 2022 that we'd see some of that lamb in Germany and Sweden and Norway and these places, and that it'll be branded. That'll be in a package, and if somebody, as Tom says, goes in with their phone, scans the, the barcode, that they can link it back to Olas Hill Farms. And that, that, and that we'll be getting a better return as well for that lab. And when you say go back to it, like the website there is a lot of background detail, there's profiles of some of the farmers in the group. Absolutely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of detail, a lot of content in it, uh, a lot of profiles of farmers, and they'll be changing as the year goes on. We're going to keep updating the website as best we can as well. 
because we want to make it interesting for members and for the public to get involved in. In fact, there's a there's a great cookery section on, on, on the website as well for, for lads and women that would be interested in doing a bit of cookery. It's looking at that, joining up the picture. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. It's a great story. It's great to hear a bit of detail on it. It was great having you on. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you. Okay, we're going to wrap things up at this point. I have included a link in the description to the Oldest Hill Farms website. I recommend anyone has a look at it. And finally, it's a bit more about the group, its members, and what has been doing over the last number of years. It has been achieved through a massive effort of all its members and the organising committee, and it's a credit to them. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Childhood Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.